Hello everybody. Uh, this is Bala here, Coach Bala, with you once again for uh, the next uh, episode of our podcast, podcast with runners, coaches, and other luminaries that I uh, connect from time to time. Uh, those of you who are uh, sort of tuning in for the first time, um, the idea behind this podcast series is that uh, we believe that running is uh, equal part art and science. And uh, podcast is all about catering to the arts part of it, which is there are multiple reasons why runners run and people do things that, uh, you know, might seem crazy for other people. But there are multiple reasons, multiple storylines, magical storylines that evolve with so many human beings. And this idea behind this podcast is to throw some light on those uh, storylines, get to know some awesome people and learn from their journey. And, uh, you know, just uh, that's the reason why this podcast came into existence. And it's been an amazing, successful sort of uh, podcast across the board. In that same uh, vein, I am so excited to introduce this uh, uh, episode's uh, guest. I mean, if we're talking of special guest, I can't think of anybody more special than this guest who is going to be with me for the next hour, with us for the next hour. So without much further ado, uh, let me first uh, formally and warmly uh, invite my coach, Coach Sherry, to the program. Hi, Sherry. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Bala. <laughs> it's incredible that we are here, isn't it, Sherry? <laughs> Did we think oh God, five years yeah. ago? <laughs> That's what have happened. Such a journey. Such an amazing journey. What a gift. What a gift. It's been, uh, thank you. I mean, before anything, I just wanted to, for the record, I wanted to say thank you, Sherry, for everything that you have done for me, everything that you not only done for me, there's so many other people and for who you are as a person. Uh, 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 viewers, you should know that uh, Sherry and me have been together. She's my coach. I can, Every year, it's not like coaching for a couple of months and all. It's been continuous coaching. Almost five years now, if I'm not mistaken, maybe more, but I something think I, like that. it might be something like that or longer. It's hard to remember anymore because it's been so long, right? <laughs> exactly. It's been so long and we will talk a little bit about that, but I can tell you, you know, um, when we start tracking the trajectory of life, there are some critical milestones where the trajectory changes. And I can tell you from my life perspective, um, Sherry was one of those milestones in my life and uh, I just wanted to say thank you for everything uh, for all the things that you have done for me and continue to do for me and also you've been a share coach for my wife Renu as well from time to time so thank you Sherry for everything Gosh it's been a pleasure Bala thank you <laughs> so, so Sherry what I thought was you know there are so much things that I need to talk and we can talk so we need to have some structure, otherwise it, it, it'll be difficult for us to finish the topics. So I thought I have like five different sections of a conversation. And if you don't mind, if you indulge with me, let's go with that. Five sections, what I want to talk about is first section is just forget about your running, forget about your coaching. Just wanted to understand who you are as a person. Okay, that's the first section we'll talk about. Then we'll move on to the second section. Let us throw some light onto Sherry as a runner. You know, what is your running journey has been? And I know there is so much to talk. And then let's talk about Sherry as a coach, a senior coach, level two coach, been a coach for a long time. In fact, it's because of Sherry, I thought I should do coaching. So she, as you that's why she's my coach. So let's talk about that, Sherry, for some time. And then you as my coach, that's itself. Is a, I just want to touch, throw some light on that, how that works. And then, of course, uh, some comments or some words of wisdom for so many newcomers. And Shri, you should know that about 1,000 people would be watching this. Of this, I can safely say 500 of them started running maybe a year ago, max a year ago. And a good 300 of them are starting right now, literally starting their journey right now. And they are afraid that they will even do, you know, 10K. And they've signed up for a half or somebody who has signed up for a 5K they're really afraid that they will not even be able to do a 5K. So you know where how things are in the early runners. So some words of advice for them. So that's how we're going to structure it. Um, so let's start with the first section, Sherry. Tell us about who you are as a person, a little bit of insight about you as a person would be awesome. Okay, well, um, I guess I could start with when I was younger, I was 
very involved in sports and in school. I played soccer and softball, but I also was very involved as a violinist. Um, so I was balancing all these different things to challenge myself in different ways and try to see how I could expand my mind. And as I was younger, I wasn't quite sure exactly why I was doing things because when you're young, you you don't have that much insight. <laughs> but um, looking back on my journeys uh, in, in high school and younger, that's where it was taking me. And I ended up going to University of Illinois in Champaign. Um, I originally went to be a, a doctor. I went pre-med and sophomore year, I decided to do a complete 180 and went into accounting and became a CPA, a double majored in finance and accounting. And that's where I came out of school as a CPA for a while. And then I got married and had kids and I ended up becoming a stay-at-home mom at that point. Um, it was becoming challenging with two CPAs to work that was kind of ours and raise children. I didn't have family close by. So it was, it was me. It was just me raising and having to create my own community. So um, yeah, that's, I guess, a little bit about me, not as a runner. I do currently, outside of running, love coffee and wine and hiking and enjoying being with people and connecting with amazing human beings and talking about just the biggest, you know, challenges in life and how to expand and become the best version of yourself. Amazing. And this is, I gather, all your uh, sort of childhood and everything is in the Illinois area. Is that where you were? Yep. So I had a lot of family um, in Illinois, in Missouri, and uh, I guess Wisconsin. That the Midwest is really where everybody is currently residing. Got it. And right now, I gather you are in this beautiful Denver area, isn't it? Yes, we did. We moved to Denver back in 2019. Um, I will tell you that I, at first, was kicking and screaming, not literally, but, you know, I, I was, when my husband said, we're going to move, and I wasn't ready to do it just because I'd become so accustomed to the community that I created, and in hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have resisted as much, but at the same time, you need to have the difficulties and the challenges to really appreciate and embrace when you have the joy. So eventually I stopped resisting and started embracing. And once you start doing that, your eyes will open up and you see so many other opportunities that never would have been there if you didn't accept the challenge presented before you. Awesome. And, you know, in the theme of um, getting to know people quickly, I'm going to like put you on the hotspot and ask you five quick questions. And I want you to answer you know how that celebrities do that 20 question thing like that? You are a celebrity in your own right. So here is your five quick questions. Come with instant answers, okay? Ready? Sure. <laughs> the best holiday you've had, where? The best holiday I've had. Um, I would say it was with my husband's family. Their fir my first Christmas. I know this sounds bizarre, but we didn't have big holidays like that growing up and his family is giant and I had never been with a giant family tradition before and it was just incredible the connection awesome second question um the uh your most favorite movie <sighs> come on Bala <laughs> you want to know what I have to say it's probably McFarland right now I watch that before every single time I go to a goal race and it brings me to tears every time. Awesome. Uh, childhood crush, Hollywood crush. Oh, my goodness. Probably Matt Damon. Oh, I love him. Okay, wonderful. Uh, dogs versus cats. Which one you choose? Oh, I don't know. That one's so equal, Ball. I've had both and I love them both for different reasons. I can't pick one. Sorry. It's too, it's too complicated. I have my love for both of my animals. <laughs> okay. So I will give you a pass on that. But next question, there's no pass. You have to pick only one. Okay. okay. This is your last marathon that you have a chance to run. And you can only run one of the four. Uh, one of the four. New York, Boston, Chicago, LA. Which one would you pick? Chicago. 
Wow. You know what? Somebody asked me the question. I picked Chicago too, Sherry. I don't yeah. know. I had something there. I enjoyed Chicago run so much. Um, yeah. That is awesome. That's awesome. Okay. I thought uh, that was a quick way of getting a little bit more about our coach here. But now let's let's change the chapter here a little bit. Let's talk about your running journey. I know that when I heard your answers in the first part, you were athletic in school as well. It's not as if you were not doing anything. You were athletic. You were focused on education. You had the 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 wherewithal to make a 180 change and then going through with it. It's not like accounting is an easy topic. It's also a difficult topic and go and get it done. Um, I think you met your husband around that time, I guess, in college. And so that was great. Two mom of two kids. I mean, you had your thing and moved from Chicago or Illinois to Denver recently. So there's a you had your share of, if not challenges, but, you know, share of things that life throws at everybody. But in spite of that, running was also a thread that you never missed. So talk to me about you as a runner. How did you start running? What was your journey? What all things you sort of did and not do in running place? Yeah. So I started running after I gave birth to my second um, child, my son. Uh, I was taking him on a walk in my... Um, stroller and I just wanted to see if I can run from one end of the street to the other and I'm going to tell you by the time I got done running that one block I was huffing and puffing and it was awful Paula I couldn't get there I couldn't do it and I so at that point I was also new to where we live the suburb of Chicago so I had a lot of moves I grew up in Missouri and then I moved how many years back Shitty? This is how many years back, just to get a... Oh, my son is. So it was probably 11 years ago. Oh, wow. 11 years, years ago. ago, when you started running, you couldn't run a block. That's what you're telling me. I could run a block. Okay. I could not run a block. And so then about three or four months later, I went and we took our kid, me. I was trying to start a walking club, Bala, because I wanted to meet more people, more moms out in the new suburb that I moved to because I didn't know anybody. And we created a walking club at an indoor track and they had daycare there. So one of the moms brought her daughter and she's like, my daughter's not going to last in daycare. They're going to call me because she's going to start crying. So we need to run. And I looked at her and I said, Kathy, I don't run. And she goes, you're running today. So we started to jog and we ran a few laps around and then she got the call. And then I was like, wait, I can do this. And then I just was hooked and I just started trying to see how many more laps could I do. And then more and more people came into my life at that point who also wanted to see how many laps could they do. And then we just randomly signed up for a half marathon. That was my very first race. I didn't start with a 5K or a 10K. I started with a half marathon. And we just were like, hey, let's let's see what happens. And I went and just the joy of being in that situation, Bala, was just infectious yeah. and at that point i was hooked. which was, was your first half marathon uh fox valley uh half marathon which is in geneva illinois got it and how like just from a for a sort of theoretical purpose like how how long it took for you to finish your first half marathon well so let's just say i ran my first half marathon with a friend and she was struggling through her own divorce and stuff like that. So I said I would run with her. Uh, so she ran that in 220 or something or 230. So then I decided to sign up for a half marathon that I was just going to run myself. That was probably a month or two later. And there, my very first racing half marathon, I ran a 158. Oh, so you had running in your jeans, just that it didn't come out till the time you sort of saw it, it looks like to me. Yeah, but just remember that, Bo, that I had started running. I, it wasn't like, I had been running since whatever it was, March, running just laps and laps and laps. And then when I did my first half marathon, I had already put a lot of time on my legs, right? So it wasn't like I had, let's do three months and do it. I My very first half marathon was in November that I raced myself, Right. So I'd already run the marathon distance in two hours and 20 minutes with a friend. It was all that consistency that got me to be able to at least 
run that at a higher clip, right? So you would have asked me five months older than that. It probably wouldn't have been that fast, right? Knowing what I know now. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. knowing, knowing what you know now, uh, I mean, we're not talking about you as a coach, but knowing what you know now, when you look back at your training that you did, was there any like science behind it or you just went and ran as much and as hard as you can? That's it. That is it. That was uh-huh. not the brightest thing to do. And that's kind of what I did for my first marathon too. Um, I And it destroyed me. My first marathon was legit my first marathon. It wasn't me running with somebody else. It was me and me alone. And that I ran in five hours and three minutes. Wow. And I made every mistake in the book. Every mistake in the book. But I didn't know, right? I didn't know until I hired my own coach. Oh, and that's when it all made sense. So before we get to that point, I just want to summarize one or two learnings for the audience here. So folks, I know that many of you came to this club with that similar experience. You know, that you just came, you just were running randomly. And then somebody told, hey, it's good that you've done it, but you think you need to get into a structured sort of coaching program. There is a science and an art to it. And you came here. But I wanted you to make sure you know that it is not a very unique journey. There's a lot of folks in that same bucket, including myself. So it's good that you did whatever running you did. But when you start doing structured training, that is when you can actually perfect and fine-tune important stuff that you can do for a long period of time. You know, if you just do random stuff for like what Sherry just now did or what I did many, many times before I met Sherry, I could have done it. But there is a matter of time I get injured or I'm doing suboptimal runs and I'm wasting my time and energy and everything. So I just wanted to make sure that I get that point out. So Sherry... You've done your first random full marathon, first random half. And I say random, no uh, sort of, uh, I'm not reducing the weightage of that. But you know what I mean. Like now when you look back, then you got a coach. First of all, who told you that you need to get a coach? Like how did you get to know that coaching side of things? I think it was because I was becoming so interested in running that I wanted to find a running community, other people to run with. And I reached out to, it was the Fox River Trail Runners, and they had coaches that were there. And as I started to run with the group, you could hire the individual coaches to coach you privately, right? Because, yes, following a plan is great, like a general plan, at least gives you doing something consistently, building a periodized, you know, projection and helping you to not get injured because you're not doing too much, right? As long as you're following the plan, right? But that plan will may will generally get you a little bit more fit. But each person needs something different. And as you're getting watched by somebody who's watching the way you perform, by watching the way you handle certain workouts, they will tailor your training specifically towards what you need. And so that's where I saw that I had, I knew that I could run better. I just didn't have the guidance. And then he started coaching me privately. And that's when it just all came together. It just was time after time after time shaving off and everything else. But you will get to a certain period of time where I don't want to say that you're reaching your your fitness potential because I hate stating that, oh, you only have a ceiling and that's it. It's not true. It's just that once you get to a certain point you need to dig deeper and it's not even just about the workouts at that point it's about mentally it's about your recovery it's about all the other things that you're probably not doing because you're probably just running at that point you're not paying attention to these other small things that can be big things right but that's how I got into it he he changed my life he always did that's a typical story, right? Uh, and then, so tell, throw some light on when it all started coming together. How did that look like? What all things happened in that journey for you? On the oh, run? gosh. I mean, so I said that I ran my first marathon in 5.03 and I hired my coach. And I ran my second in 4.20. And then my third in 3.44. Then my fourth in 3.39. And then I... And that's where I qualified for Boston for my first time. But that that wasn't enough to get me in. I got my first Boston rejection letter by like, I don't know, a minute, 
and a half or something like that. So then I ran again and I ran a 337. And that's where I got my second rejection letter by one second. It's like one second. I received an email from the BAA stating you didn't get in because I missed by one second. Like, what are the odds? Such small odds. And during that time where I got that rejection letter, between when I was going to run my next goal race, which was a year later, um, it was a last chance BQ2 in Geneva, but I had twisted my ankle just on a regular run, you know, on the sidewalk. And so I had been taken out for a while. So I wasn't able to do that race because I wasn't fully healed. That was my first DNS. And I had to really sit with that and know that I was not going to be able to go for that last chance BQ. And I would have to try and race again later and hopefully get a better time. And it was in that time period that I got that one second rejection letter. And I had signed up for Indianapolis Marathon at that point. And that's where I went to 332. And I finally got my five minutes under so I could be into Boston. But I hung out in that 332, 331, 333 range for a long time. I just could not break that barrier. And it was when I turned 40, Bala, okay, 40. And I started running probably when I was 31 or something, okay? So a long time later that I finally hit 320 at CIM, okay? So it wasn't like, oh, well, you only, you hear people say, well, you only hit PRs in your first three or four years, and then you're stuck. No, I had an 11-minute PR at the age of 40. It's not like I'm getting younger here, okay? So... <laughs> It, that's when I got my big PR and that was my 13th marathon ball. That wasn't like, Oh, you know, three, four or five later I'm still, and now I'm trying to go in PR Chicago. I've had many injuries in between that have taken me out and I've had to get back up and injuries are tough. I will say the first time I had my first injury, I was very depressed. It was very hard, but that was also because I had a different relationship with running than I do now. I didn't look at the it as an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to challenge myself in new ways, an opportunity to dig into my core values, which it wasn't until later in my running career that I understood that I was using running as an outlet to discover who I am at my core. And that brings me to where I am in life, right? You use all of those every day. But if you don't know who you are, it's really hard to really keep going in any direction. It gives you the sense of calm and peace as you're going towards anything in life because you're following your path, right? See, I mean, wow, what a beautiful story. What a story of running that is. Now, you touched on three really beautiful concepts and I want to just maybe one, one minute sort of double click on that because those are the concepts, not just for you. It applies. Every runner has gone through it, especially it resonated with me as well. So the first one is that every runner has to deal with some form of disappointment sometime or the other. Not everything will go as per your plan. I mean, if you think that it's a, you know, we have had a good discussions as well. Nothing is a straight line. There will be, you know, like missing for one second. Of course, you didn't plan for a one second. Even let's say you're just pushed hard like this, you would have made a Boston qualifying, right? Like just (laughs) pushing your shoulder forward or something. But you missed it. So... Talk to me, like, I'm sure that was disappointing, discouraging, you name it, right? How did you get out of it? Or how was your mindset? And what did, how did you sort of, looking back, what, how did you get over that, uh, that, you know, uh, near miss, so to speak? Yes. Um, well, I used that as fuel, honestly, for my next race, that I wasn't going to miss by one second again. And uh, I trained right, you know, appropriately. But when I, that was probably one of my best races at Indy, even though that's not my PR, I pushed harder than I had ever pushed. I had to push through when things got really hard, more than I'd ever had to before in my life, because I was slightly undertrained because I was coming off of injury. I was out for two and a half months, right? So I had to, but when I was out for those two and a half months, while I wasn't sitting on the couch. I was getting on the bike. I learned, I taught myself how to ride a road bike. Okay. I had no idea how to get on a bike. I knew a new idea. Like I knew how to ride a bike, but I didn't know how to ride a road bike. I didn't know how to clip in none of that. I taught myself. 
taught myself how to swim. I'd never been like, I had swam maybe a little bit. I could swim freestyle and not drown, but I'd never swam like just to swim laps. Right. So I had to get in there and figure out ways to stay in shape. And so it was during that I made new, I pivoted, I made new goals. I'm like, I'm going to learn how to ride a bike and I'm going to learn how to swim. And in that time, I swam my first mile. Okay. I had never swam like hundred meters before the first time I got in the pool I swam a lap I'm like oh my god I'm dying it's kind of the same thing like with running right you run a block you're like how am I gonna do this but I just kept persisting and then I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and then I set that goal for myself that I'm gonna swim a mile and I did it and then when I was riding my bike I'm like I'm gonna make sure that I ride enough to stay fit enough for when I'm given the green light to go and run then my aerobic base is not just shot. So that's where I was. And all that cross-training built my aerobic capacity to a new level. So that way, when I got in back into running, I was able to push harder than I thought I could yes. in that race. I mean, see, that's what, when life gives you, uh, what, do you what do you call it? When life gives you a lemon, make a lemonade. Is that the right? Uh, yes. You know? yes. <laughs> That's what you did. Now, talking about the second theme that came out of your running, uh, you said there was a time when you did like a sudden PR jump of 11 minutes after being in the same languishing around the 330 mark for a long time. And then come 40 years or like nine years or 10 years into the running journey, something happened and you had this boom, 10 minutes of, and that too. Ten, it's one thing to get a 10 minute PR when you are at four hours or something. It's another thing to get a 10-minute PR from 3.30 to 3.20. That's like craziness, right? So what what changed, what changed uh, you think, was the main driver for that 10-minute humongous PR at that level? Two things. I slowed way down. Like, I used to run slow, but not as slow. So a 3.20 marathon is a 7.39 pace, okay? So my easy runs, 10.30, 11. Okay, so I slowed way down, big time. And that helped me be able to get more time on feet because that's ultimately what you want, right? So I slowed way down, but I also worked on myself mentally. I didn't have the same relationship with running. So honestly, Bola, when I went in at 320, I wasn't trying to get 320, okay? I was trying to PR, but I didn't put a number on what I was going to do. I just wanted to run. So I, I went out there and I knew how to execute a marathon. So I just ran by feel. And that's what happened. Instead of saying, oh, my God, if I don't hit certain time at certain miles or whatever, then you get stressed and then anxious. And it just takes the joy out of the journey. I ran and I just said, I'm going to train. And whatever happens, happens. And that's the way, going forward, that's the way I do it now. So when people are like, what are you planning on hitting at XYZ race? I'm like, I don't know. Whatever happens, happens, right? So, I mean, I have an idea of where my fitness is at and where it could go. But if it doesn't go that way, and I, I think Boston this last year is the best, or two years in a row is the best example of this. 2021, I went into Boston relatively fit. Okay, but because I'd worked so much on my mental piece, I didn't need to stress because at the age of 40, you start for all your female athletes out there who are going to be starting to go through premenopausal stuff, okay? I had my first bout of night sweats ever, and I didn't know what it was or what was going on the night before Boston. So what does that mean? Why do we care? Well, that means I started that race dehydrated. I had sweat out all of my hydration that I worked so hard to get to. At mile two in that race, I knew. It was, I was done. I was getting the, start, the sharp stabbing pains in my you know, ribs and everything else that you get when you're dehydrated. I'm like, how on earth was I dehydrated? It wasn't until after the race that I put two and two together. So now I figured out ways to keep myself hydrated in the event that it happens again, because that's not going to be my last time, Bala, that that happens. But instead of that mile two being like, oh my God, this is the worst. How could this happen? Why did this happen to me? Whatever. I just like, well, I just pivoted from having to race my fastest race ever to how am I going to persist during this challenge and still battle this out? It became just a battle. And that's what it was. And was it my prettiest race ever? Nope. 
not at all. But I battled to the end and I never became upset because I knew that I was staying strong to who I am. I was determined to stay resilient in a tough situation. So, and I stood to that. And so the very next year I wanted to sign up for Boston again, I ended up having a tear in my plantar fascia. I didn't even know if I'd run it, honestly, but I got on my bike and I did all the physical therapy and I was given the, I guess, ability to run about uh, eight weeks before the race. They said, yeah, you can run now. I'm like, all right, well, let's give it a shot. And so I went and I ran. That's all I did. And people were like, well, how, what's your pace going to be? No idea. I'm going to control the race and I want a negative split and that's it. I just wanted a negative split Boston. I didn't care. So, and that's what I did. And it worked out beautifully. And I was so happy because I wasn't committed to any kind of time goal. Amazing. Run slow to run fast. Guys. Oh, yeah. Secondly, keep everything is in the mind. The more uh, shackles you take out of your mind, the better mind is in state of mind. And hence, you do a lot better. It's such a critical thing. And you have to experience this. You know, every coach says this and it's great that you brought it up because you brought it up at a beautiful time. I've been saying this in the season that it just started somewhat similar. I've been saying in different forms, but of course, coming from you, it's much more weightage and you've gone through it. And congratulations. So is that your PR 320? Is that your PR or you've done something better than that after that? too? No, that's my current PR. I did that at CIM in 2021. Um, But I'm hoping to crack that in Chicago this year, but if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. <laughs> exactly. And I'm assuming both of us are going to be together for Tokyo. If uh, I just signed up for it, did you sign up as well? Next oh, year? I actually got into London, Bala. So I had to say yes to ball, to London because, you know, it's so hard to get into. So for me, I was like, well, I'm going to do London and then I'll probably do Tokyo the year after that. So otherwise, yes, but... London's so hard to get into, so I couldn't. You got it, in lottery. You got it in lottery, or you got it through some some other. No, I got in through other other means. So I just needed to say yes because right. I know how many people who try and get into London, and the other means are not necessarily going to work. So right. it, it's a tough place to get into. The hardest, honestly, to get into out of all of them. Right. May that's awesome. Good for you. So that's your next step. London and Chicago again, your favorite place, obviously. Um, yeah. This is just, uh, yes, as viewers, as I said, 45 minutes is not enough for Sherry, but you know what? I'm going to somehow make sure I get through those other three. There's so much more she has to say because, as I said, running is just one part. That was just a past. But uh, more than running, she's also into coaching. In fact, she is, as I said, She's been my coach, but let's just talk to her about her coaching journey. She's been coach for a long, long time. I think, what, five, seven, eight years? How many years have you been a coach? Uh, nine, nine years. Nine years as a coach. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's a long time. And uh, she's, seen <laughs> she's seen everything. So, Sherry, uh, let's, let's talk about you as a coach now. I know that you are a level one RRCA coach. You're a level two also. Uh, you recently, uh, last year or so, you completed that. So you're at level two. For those of you who know, uh, don't know what that is, RRCAs are sort of body that provides us coaching certification and such. Um, we all are level one. That's the minimum that you need to coach others and you have to have certain exams and st- courses and all that. And then level two is like a little more advanced. I'm actually going through it. I'm not yet completed it. By the way, purposely, I'm not completing it, Sherry. Because I want to take it slow and steady. I don't want to just, you know, finish it off. So whenever I have time to think, that is when I do the course. Otherwise, I don't take the course. So there are about 15 or 20 courses one has to take. Detailed courses. You have to pass those examinations and then you get, and then do a seminar and then you get into level two. So that's like advanced coaches uh, training program. And she has completed that. Congratulations, Sherry, for that. Nobody is more for that than that. Uh, So let's talk about that. Why coaching? How did you get into coaching? And, uh, what do you do now as a coach and what are your sort of coaching philosophies right now? Gosh, well, I got into coaching after my coach changed my life, kind of similar to you. Um, it just changed my perspective on everything and how running could just transform me as a human. I wanted to give that back 
to others. And I wanted others to believe and see that running isn't just for weight loss or just punishment. Some people have punishment for running. Like if you mess up in practice, you have to run sprints or whatever it is, or run a mile or whatever. It was something that you can utilize in your mind and body and see where you can take yourself and the tools that you learn to get through your own demons are for you and you alone. Like anybody can have different things, but we all are approaching it in a different way. And just because he changed my life, I wanted to change others, Bala. So I started and I love working with athletes who are committed to the process. I mean, a lot of people are going to have time goals and they'll come to me with time goals. And I'm like, great, that's so great. But what is your purpose? That is my biggest thing. I want to know what your purpose is. Like, well, my purpose is to qualify for Boston. I'm like, nope, that's a goal. What is your purpose? And so for me, my purpose digs into my core values in life. And that is determination, resilience, knowledge, curiosity, and connection. So all of those things come into my running and they come into my everyday life. And so when I'm struggling with something in everyday life, I can look back on my determination and resilience in running to say, you know what? I can do hard things and I will get there. And so when you're struggling in running and something's not going your way, right? Let's say you get injured. Well, instead of being like, oh man, no, I'm not running. You can dig into a different core value, which for me would be curiosity and knowledge. Okay. Well, Now I get to learn about this particular injury, how to overcome said injury and how to get stronger during said injury so I can teach others, right? And then connection, connection, connecting with not just other people, but with yourself. I think that's something that people forget about. Like connection is not just I'm connecting with you, Bala, or other people. But when you're out there running, there's a moment where you have this opportunity to connect with you. You're at peace with yourself there's no distractions there's nobody else bothering you it's a choice to decide to connect with you and that to me is just a beautiful time to be able to just sit back and just be and enjoy what my body is capable of doing and giving me and everything around me right so that's where I I go with my coaching journey. I want to help people get to their best version of themselves, not just physically, but mentally too. I want them to see that they are amazing at everything that they are doing and everything that and that running can just help them round out the edges of who they are. Right. Absolutely. And I can totally see how you live that, you know, how you live that sort of uh, core values that you see, you know, that's what I tell people. For you to be a good coach, it's not necessary you have to be an amazing BQ runner. But what is definitely necessary is, can you believe in the art of giving to others and driving impact in other people's lives? If you don't have that in place, you won't be a good coach. You might be just uh, some other, like uh, maybe something else, just trying to get money out of it. If you don't have that part, I don't think so you'll be a good coach. And glad that you said you joined coaching because you want to drive impact in other people's lives. That's the starting point. Not like I want to create more Boston qualifying marathoners or something. That's okay. That's a secondary step. You know, so I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad we met our lives connected, which we'll talk about it shortly. Um, You coach all kinds of runners from folks who are already BQ runners to even better BQ runners to folks like maybe someone like me who is just never into running or done some random thing. Someone, you know, moms, post, uh, uh, you know, maternity moms, uh, you know, I know that you have a, like, you have, you have a whole spectrum of runners. So, you know, when you look back at your runners, who is the, what type of a runner profile you absolutely love to coach? That is so hard, Bala. I mean, it's not necessarily the profile of runner. I want somebody who is committed to the journey. So whatever your journey is, if your journey is, I want to run my first 5k, then let's do this and let's, fall in love with the process. If you're wanting to, and you're a seasoned marathoner and you want to Boston qualify for the first time, let's be committed to the journey and the process. I want people who want to take the physical steps, but also the mental steps to be in this new space. I want them to have longevity through the sport. I don't want them to, sure. Could I cram out a BQ runner and just hammer them so hard that they can't run again in four or five years? 
Yeah. But that's not the purpose. I want you to be able to run for life. I want this to be this everlasting love affair with running. Right. So for me, it's anybody who is willing to lace up and go out there and do the work and understand that it's going to be hard. There's nothing more that I can't stand when people say that running is easy. It is not easy. Even when I go out for my quote, easy runs, it is not easy. Easy is sitting and watching Netflix with popcorn. Okay. That is easy. Okay. So anybody who says that running is easy is wrong. Now, is that run easier than faster running? Yes. But it's still hard. Every time you get out there, it's hard. And you're accepting the challenge of hard every day. It's just a different variation of hard. So that's the person that I want to work with. I don't enjoy people who are necessarily just not interested in the journey, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Totally. Because... If you think about viewers, if I if I just have to, you know, some golden nuggets here from a senior coach like Sherry, think about it. She stresses on the process a lot, you know, and she stresses on that being a destination, a journey rather than a, it's a journey, not just for that particular race, but a journey for multiple years of doing, you know, where each race is just a race, but the journey is multiple, like a five, six, seven, ten, maybe your life can change. And then she sees running as not just running, it's a means to a larger end. That's what she's touching on. It's a means to a larger end. That larger end is an incredible human being. A human being who knows what it means to work hard and get it. A human being who knows what it means to work hard and respect others who is working hard. You know, the human being who knows that nothing great in life comes by doing easy things. You know, these are things that are, it transcends running. It can create strong characters, powerful human beings who can inspire others. And that's what she's coming to. That's, you know, if you think about it, that's what running is about. So when, uh, when those of you are new runners are coming in, please don't think of it as somehow check the box for this season and finish and get that certificate and you are done with it. No, it is not. It is like Hotel California. At least you think like that. You can check out anytime, but you can never leave. You know, that's how I want you all to think about running. So glad that you brought that up, Sherry. Tell me a little bit, you know, um, tell me a little bit about how you coach. Like, you know, what is your organization? Maybe talk a little bit, you know, leave your modesty aside and give a little bit of your marketing of what organization you drive. How can people connect with you and that type of stuff? Yeah. So um, it's, I guess, I don't know if you can put it in the notes or the chat ball on my website, um, www.rws-endurance.com. But I do everything virtually. So I have athletes all over the world, honestly. And to me, the virtual thing works great because I will connect and see everything in Final Surge, which is my platform. You'll connect up with your, um, I prefer Garmin, but uh Apple has created a new app that will connect up. And so far it's been working decently with some of my athletes, uh, but we'll connect back and forth on there. And I will watch every single thing that you do. And I give you positive constructive feedback, uh, depending on what it is that we're doing, but I tailor the, the training plan to where you're at. So you might say, I, I have this big goal that I want to get there. And I'm like, great. Well, some people will come in, Bala, and they'll say they're super excited, right? When they, when you first set that goal, you get super excited and you're like, I can run five days a week and I can do three days of strength training and I can do all this other stuff. But they come from doing two days of running and not doing any strength training. I'm like, well, that sounds grand, but we're going to ease into that. Because if I throw all that at you right now, yeah, would you be able to do it for maybe a month? Sure. But you're going to burn out so fast. So we ease into it and I am very honest with my athletes when they make, you know, decisions about goals and what they want to do. I said, well, in order to get here, this is what the commitment will be. Now, if you can't do that, that's okay. But then you also have to understand that that's what's going to happen going forward because of that ability or lack of ability to be able to do things. But it's not like, oh, well, then there's no point. No, continuously keeping up with running and keeping up with what you can will just keep you in the game for one day when that 
period of time opens up that you can commit again, that you're not starting from zero, that you're able to just hit the ground running. And we watch where you're going and where you're deficient. Let's say you're very committed just because, you know, I'll have the best example I have is this. I had two athletes this last year run basically similar marathon times, like 354. Okay. They are 25 years apart, 164 and one's 39 or whatever, whatever the age gap is, it's big. Right. But I have people come to me saying, well, how many twenties do you give people? How many do you do this? I'm like, it depends on the purpose, the person, right? One athlete that hit the 354, she didn't get a single 20 miler. Her longest long run was 18. Whereas the other one, she ran Chicago marathon as a training run in the middle of her training cycle. Okay. So it doesn't, everybody's just different. So I can't give that answer. So it's not like, well, everybody needs to hit 420 milers. No. And it also depends on where you live, right? Though some of the people who are training in super hot, humid conditions, maybe they don't need 20 milers. People at altitude, depending on what your, you know, paces are, right? If you're a 730 easy pacer, yeah, you're probably getting a 20. But if you're running 10, 10 and a half, 11 minutes per mile, why? You don't need it. So it, it's, you'll have to look and see. So don't ever go and think, well, I need X number. Now, if you need it mentally, because you need it because, oh my God, I just need to be able to hit that 20 just so I feel better. Okay, well then we'll work that in. But I'm not going to give that to you three weeks before your race because then you're going to be recovering during taper. And that's not the purpose of taper. The purpose of taper isn't to recover. It's to sharpen. Okay, so if I'm having to recover you leading up to the race and you're exhausted getting the start line, well, that does you no good, right? So if we want to hammer out a 20 and we're doing it early, it's kind of similar with my, I do train some half Ironman triathletes too. So for them, the ones who struggle with swimming, I make them swim that distance early, super early, because I want them to understand they can swim 1.2 miles and it's okay, right? So they don't panic as we're going through training. So we get it out of the way early. So that way you're like, yes, you can do that. All right, now we're going to fine tune. Now we're going to keep building. So that way we're building the fitness that we need to instead of having to recover you from a long run in the middle of a training cycle. Because then we're losing time. Wow, fascinating insights. Um, so folks, uh, you know, our run with Sherry uh, is the basic rwsendurance.com, uh, correct? That, uh, that uh, it's rws-endurance.com rws-endurance I'll also send that link out uh, as I send it out in the, in the notes as well um, so the way I would uh, suggest like all of you are familiar with final search coaching because you all have done it the way I would say is if some of you are like you know we do season to season as you know and then some of you are like really needed to work on specific things that you know like a Walmart of uh, coaching is what we do which is like, you know, one size fits all after a point of time won't work. So you need to have, I should say, specific one-on-one -on -one, uh, specific things, which is what I work with her on a regular basis. As, as her student, uh, student for more than five plus years, she works on my, what I need, right? That's what she does. So those of you who are interested in that kind of specific coaching, please reach out to me. I have my, you know, highest regard for coach sharing. And uh, my big recommendation to all uh, that if you are interested for you or your friends, uh, reach out to me. If you want to reach out to her, I'll give you a number or also the, uh, uh, the website that I'll save. You can click on it and then go from there. So thank you, Sherry, for doing that, for changing so many lives. Talking of changing lives, let me uh, just a couple of minutes. I don't want to talk too much. But you've been my coach. I know many of our, my runners would be interested. What was my journey like with you? Maybe some few uh, thoughts on that. How did you see me initially? How do you see, uh, what was our journey look like from a coach standpoint? Oh, well, Bala, when you came to me, I'd say you're pretty typical to my traditional athlete, right? I have multiple buckets of types of athletes, but a lot of people come to me who've run some races and they've been training, whether they download a free plan online or whatever, and it's just not working out, right? And you, I don't want to say you had lost hope altogether because you wouldn't have signed up for another race, but you were in this space that, yeah, I want to get some help, but is this really going to work? Like, let's be honest, but let's see. But you were at least open to the possibilities, right? When I put your plan in there, you were dedicated. 
you did not miss days. You were in there and you listened and you had your mind open. That was half the battle, right? Instead of resisting the process, you embrace the process. So you're like, what can I learn throughout all of this? And as you kept being more consistent, you kept getting stronger and faster, but you still hadn't run the race yet. So you still weren't quite convinced, right? So you were like, okay, well, you know, this is great. I'm, I feel stronger. I'm doing good. And I think I recall you losing a lot of weight during it too. You were just so excited. You had lost so much weight and which was wonderful. Um, but you were still like, well, I still have the race there. Am I going to hit the wall like I always do? And I'm like, no, if you follow the plan and the guidance, because that's the other thing that coaching, private coaching gives you is that you get your tailored race plan, right? So each person is going to need something different. So we'll practice fueling a certain way because Vala's fueling strategy might be different than somebody else's. So we, pra- we understood what he needed to be successful in the race. And I remember when you got through that race and we met, I think it was in the Congress Hotel afterwards, the absolute joy. It wasn't, you're like, I ran strong the whole time. It was like, it was unbelievable. I never hit the wall. And you just, you had just a light coming from you. It was, it wasn't just like an aha moment. Like it was an awakening in that moment. And I will never forget that moment with the joy that you had. And that's what turned you into who you are today. That, that moment, that one Chicago marathon is probably why it's your favorite. Cause that was your best, <laughs> right? It wasn't your best necessarily from a, a, a time point, but from the fact that you finally understood the journey and the process and the race and how to race. Right. So that's when you saw the possibilities because you never really understood that there, it was so endless with possibilities. You thought that it was like, well, this is just what happens. You go and race and you hit the wall and you struggle and it's awful, right? It's not what happens, right? But it was just, I will never forget that, Bala. That I will never forget that moment with you. And it makes me feel joy. I, I, all my athletes are like, I feel like they're my family, right? So for me, I feel their joy. I feel their sadness. I feel their struggle. I feel everything. And to me, I just even talking about it, I feel just this warmth and excitement and to see where this has brought you today is just what a gift. Absolutely. So beautifully well captured. And uh, again, not any number of times when I say thank you is not enough. I 100% agree with you. It is a life-changing moment. Uh, and I remember that you were right, that was Chicago, where I was saying, hey, it's 20 miles. Why is it that I don't feel like dying right now? 21 miles. In fact, as you know, she has lived with it. I tweet. During my runs, I have to tweet. It's not like for me, I have to capture. <laughs> Which is my something that Sherry has somehow managed to accept it. <laughs> so I have tweeted. There is actual tweets. Hey, my 20 I should be eating the wall now. Why am I feeling good? Mile 21. My God, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling bad. I'm feeling good. 22. Oh my God, actually I can increase pace. Training is working, guys. You know, I used to go there. I'll share uh, for others. I have it as a collection of tweets in a moment where you can actually see how I my mind was during that every mile. So you're right. It changed. Uh, I would say, you know, just putting my modesty aside, it changed my life. It changed, as a result, it changed my understanding of what running can do to her life. And that is where I am right now, continuing the journey of trying to change other people's lives. So, you know, if all of you are saying that, you know, we have changed life, let's give thanks to Sherry for showing that light. <laughs> showing, that's why this is a special podcast for me. Um, thank you, Sherry, for everything. I know we've been talking for a long time, but let me ask you a final question. 250 brand new runners this season. And I say brand new. Think of me even before meeting you. I'm talking about two years before I met you. First time dabbling with something called as a running with a lower back pain and all that stuff. Heavy, overweight by 30, 40 pounds. Having continuous body pain. And I'm just somehow just somebody told me and just decided to go for that one round of that. And I felt miserable. 250 folks maybe 
175 are in that category right now and they've already completed five weeks of training for that itself is like kudos to them they've already reached a certain point so what words of advice you can give them to sort of not only do a good job this season but you know all the things we talked about changing the trajectory of your life is if that is the goal what are some of the things as a senior coach that you want to tell them gosh i'd say take it day by day don't judge any particular run or workout and if you do always try and find the positive in it and i don't care if your body was just feeling weak and everything else that day just say but i did see blue skies today or i did notice this like so find positivity in whatever it is that you're doing and remember that the goal race that you have is just a goal you are out there right now for a different purpose your purpose is not to finish xyz race so dig deep why are you doing this and that will help you when it gets hard to keep showing up because consistency really is truly what is going to make it happen it's not the fact that you go out there and run really fast one day a week it's the fact that you are sticking to your four days or five days or three days or whatever Bala has in there for you and that you show up every day and you get it done. And that's when the magic starts to happen. Because at some point, the body just decides, well, this is our new normal. And it just settles. So you're going to feel that way, even if you're a seasoned runner. I always call it the uh, the uh, fight back of the body. When I come off of a race and I take my time off because I really believe in rest and recovery, I'll come back and my body's resistant. It's kind of like, what? Are we doing this again? Like, yep. So it becomes really difficult for about four to six weeks for my body to settle back in. But eventually it decides, oh, fine, we're doing this again. So we're just going to settle in. <laughs> So it's never, even for us season runners, you're going to have days that are hard and days that are just delightful. You know, stick to the plan, stick to showing up every day. Don't judge it. And don't think about how overwhelming it's going to be in six weeks or whatever it is, 10, 12 weeks. Think about day by day. Take it day by day. And all of those days will add up to something beautiful as long as you continue to show up and dig deep into yourself and to your purpose as to why you are doing this. Why are you showing up every day? Why, why are you showing up with that intentionality? And once you figure that out, whatever happens on that day, whether it's a great day, okay day or off day, you will still feel gratitude to the fact that you had that day. Wow. With that amazing words, have a purpose, take it day by day. At the end of the day, it is about commitment that takes you to those magical world that all of us will experience well within your grasp. With those awesome thoughts, 100% agree with all of those things. Can't say better than that. Sherry, Coach Sherry, thank you for your time. Thank you for your guidance personally to me for the last many years, five plus years. And I know this is continuing for the rest of my life. You know, I would be your last student when you stop coaching. You will still have me. You <laughs> already signed up for the next year. Uh, but thank you, Coach, for everything you do. And uh, I hope you continue with your mission of changing lives uh, day in and day out. And all the very best to you. Thank you. Thank you, Bala. It's been such an honor to work with you. And I just love your journey, your personal journey, your growth journey. And just as a fun joke to all your, your people out there, since I do get to watch what you're doing every time, to me, it's always fun to open up Final Surge. It's a game of, like, where is Waldo? I'm always like, where in the world is Bala right now? Like, he is always somewhere different. And I'll see him run. I'm like, oh, my God, he's over here now. Like, so it's so exciting for me to open up his Final Surge because I never know where in the world he's going to be. And it's just almost like I get to live vicariously through his travels because he is always someplace so unique and different. Um, and it's so just so cool to see and fun that you just continue to show up every time when you're traveling as much as you do. You are my biggest traveler. I have lots of had so many athletes over the years, Bala, that you traveled the most out of them all. <laughs> um, but you somehow make it work. And it's incredible to see you 
finding ways to continue to show up and stay true to your purpose. And I commend you for that. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for your kind words. And uh, with that, I uh, will we'll, we'll end this podcast. What a fascinating one of the best podcasts I've had. Um, so thank you, Sherry. And uh, we'll continue. To, I will make sure I do a good run today because I'm extremely motivated right now to wear my shoe and just start running. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jim. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay.